Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Billy Kellerman. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> this is a cool one for me. So uh, I don't know much about bluefin. I I would love to fish him and, and the bigger game fish. Like I said fifty fucking times, I never caught a yellowtail yet. So hopefully oh, this man. this uh, summer will be the time. But I like talking to dudes that you know have a big influence on the community, and and I've heard a lot about Billy. So. We'll start off by asking, how did you get into fishing, bro? Very cool. Well, first off, you know, thank you for having me. No problem, uh, I feel dude. very grateful for even, you know, getting the invite. I mean, especially with some of the guests that you've had on here before, you know, just all amazing guys. So the question, how did I get started fishing? Um, ironically, it's uh, the first memory I can ever think of, you know, when I was about five or six years old and uh, my dad took me fishing. So dad was a big influence. Too. Dad. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was merely at a, a place called Centennial Park. Um, you grew up close by then? Yeah, Santa Ana. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in Santa Ana. Yeah. Born in Louisiana. But I grew oh, up really? There. Yeah. Your parents lived in Louisiana before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad's part of the military thing. Oh, you know, really? And, um, cool. Yeah. So born over there, and then I came over here when I was about like one or two years okay. old. So I don't remember much back then, but I remember the very first time my dad took me fishing, you know, and uh, that to me holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. And I tell him all the time, you know, like, you know, <laughs> because of that, you know, that's what got me hooked into this sport, you know. And you just, did you keep doing it like since you were a little, like say teenage years where you kind of, or did you kind of get into other stuff? No, I, I was hooked. I was hooked from day always, one. Huh? Yeah. And my dad, you know, he always worked full-time jobs, two jobs, you know, to, wow. you know, there's, there's five of us, five siblings or wow. four siblings. Do they fish to your siblings? Um, no, not as much as me. Okay. You know, the, the two brothers kind of like played with it here and there, but no one's hooked that as much as I am. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad would, uh, would tell us, you know, on Saturday, Hey, we're going to go fishing, you know, to the pier. Because we'd graduate. We graduated from Mile Square Park to, uh, <laughs> to the public docks, you know, to the pier. Yeah. And then I remember at the pier, you know, I would buy squid from the market and, and cut strip squid, you know, before we go, you know, and go catch fish at the pier. You're already. And, yeah. Oh, man, I was, I was pumped, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been into it, you know, ever since I was a kid. Um, you know, my dad was just a normal guy that liked fishing as a hobby, but we never really. Is your dad still fish? Still does. No way. Still he's stoked does. Then how stoked. How you are, like how you grew in your career as a, as a fisherman. Oh, he man, he's, like, he's so proud. So I bet, man. I would be like too. Yeah, I know. I'm so grateful he brought me into it, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it, it's been fun of watching him, you know, bring me through the sport and uh, grow with it. 
So after the pier, I remember he took me on a half-day boat out of uh, Davy's Locker. How old were you at that time? Um, I had to be like eight or nine years old. Okay, so pretty young. Yeah. Half-day, yeah. Pretty young. And then um, it had to be when I was like 12 or 13 where we booked the three-quarter-day boat on the freelance. And uh, Norris was the captain. I still remember his name. Uh Uh-huh. And I remember they called us the night before and told us, hey, are you guys able to come down to the dock like an hour earlier? We're going to go make some mackerel. And I was like, I mean, <laughs> it's cool. Whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll fish, I'll fish for mackerel. You know what I mean? Like, I love fishing. And um, we, you know, loaded up bait. And then we made mackerel outside the harbor. And me and my brother are having a blast making And they're big mackerel, too, like two, three-pound mackerel. Wow. And these guys are, you know, the deckhand was telling us, no, this is our bait. <laughs> like our bait like what do you mean like what i mean i guess cut strip bait or yeah. something they're like no there, there's a yellowtail bite happening down in san clemente uh, so uh, we're gonna make that long run and i remember like, i just i was so confused because they wanted us to pin on a whole mackerel for bait and i i, I i'm clueless that's you know? wild yeah it's a bit like even when evan was on he's like i'm like what are you using down there Dime pound skip jackson like fuck me dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, i was like, shocked <laughs> and i remember like uh hooking on uh, a mackerel and then dropping it down and literally, I see the yellowtail chasing it right off the boat, and I hook up, and that was my first yellowtail ever. You know, that's another addiction, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> I think yellowtail yeah. to me is like the gateway drug of fishing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It really opens up different things, and and yellowtail just has such a good presence and fight. You know, for for Southern California, and, and uh, it's a very prized fish. You know? Yeah. Wow. So so then. Uh, you got a little older, like 20s. You still hitting it pretty hard? No. So um, I think it was when I was about a freshman in high school. Okay. And, uh, you know, I had a really hard time, like, fitting in. You know, I was always the chubby kid. You yeah. know, and, and I just didn't, you know, and none of my friends fished. And it wasn't really a cool thing to do. So it just kind of got really lonely. And I remember Davy's Locker used to have this coupon. Okay. It's mm-hmm. a half day or three quarter day that if you had a full, fair paying adult, a kid could go for five bucks. Wow. So, you know, obviously I got a bunch of them and my dad would drop me off um, at the docks before he went to work and he dropped me off at four 30 in the morning and the three quarter day boats don't leave till seven. Yeah. You know? So yeah. And, and there's always guys that were so really, you would just find a dude and be like, Hey man, you mind if I just tag along? And exactly. Do- and then, you know, here's my five ticket and, and $5 for the ticket. And here's my coupon. So did you get to meet a lot of older dudes that maybe fish now that are, that are older, you know, um, or is it kind of just, they were cool and that was it. And- they were cool. And that was it. There, there's okay. one person in particular. I think his name is Jose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always on the Thunderbird now, you know, um, he doesn't really talk much, okay. but I've always looked up to this guy because he's always caught so much fish. You know what I mean? He's in a lot of pictures, you know? Yeah. And I, I remember even running into him again, just a couple of years ago and, and just telling him like, do you remember who you were? I don't think so. No, <laughs> you know, but uh, but, but you, and, and it made he, you a, feel good to tell someone that, to, right? Like yeah. you know, like you had an impact on my life. Yeah, you know I mean, like I always watch you doing it really well. You're always catching all the fish. He's really quiet. You know, doesn't talk much. You know, yeah. I, I don't know too much about him till this day, but I just know that you know, man, he's he's an amazing fisherman. You know, and I still see a few pictures of him here and there. You know, and uh, that was really cool. So I stopped. I stopped fishing. Um, high school and early years of college, just okay. because it wasn't like the fun thing and. I don't know. I just don't like doing things alone, you know? No, I, I so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I fish a couple times alone on my boat. Usually mm-hmm. when I'm trying the big swim bait thing, because it's fucking, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy throwing those at their lake. But usually, most of the time, I mean, it's, uh, I could usually find someone to fish with. But, yeah. You know, it, it, I, it's fun to just share it with someone. You know, like I caught my seven-pound calico, which was oh. my biggest on my boat. 
And my buddy I grew up with, Gabe, was next to me. Yeah. And he's like, fuck. I took him fishing. It was his second time in the ocean. Yeah. So he's stoked, and we're both fucking screaming. You know, um, he's like, look at how big that fucking thing is. And I couldn't believe it either. So. Yeah. And that stuff like that is like what makes it so fun, you know, like. Yeah. And there's a, you know, speaking of Davies Locker, there's a one deckhand in particular. Uh, his name was Sharif. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I got a chance to finally meet him again, you know, recently. Not meet him in person, but through social media. Um, and just told him, man, when I was a kid, like 20, 25 years ago, like, <laughs> you know, you helped me do this on this day and you really made an impact on my life too, because I'm, I'm very strong about gratitude, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I think he kind of a little bit remember who I am, you know, but you know, I just remember that name and being able to connect with him again on social media, you know, I thought that was really cool. And I just met him again at the Pacific coast show, you know? Okay. So, uh, Sharif. Yeah. That was really cool to, to see him after being, you know, gone for so long. You yeah. Know? So you're in your uh, mid twenties now. That you kind of got no. It back I'm, up? I'm in my mid thirties. Well, I mean, when you picked it back up, when we're kind of doing the timeline. Yeah, uh, I picked it back up. I think when I was about twenty four ish, twenty three, okay. twenty four ish. Um, I was in that real estate boom. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really well in there. Um, I probably made a lot of money that I probably shouldn't have made. Didn't know what to do with it, and, and just you know, spent it. I mean, I bought my first house at twenty one. Wow! And it was just a big party house. You know, every day was a party. But I still go to work. Uh, my work ethics never like, changed. Like Wolf of Wall Street, huh? Oh, I mean, ju- just like that. I think I want, it was a three bedroom, two and a half bath, and wow. at one point, I think I had like nine people living there. Because I didn't care. You yeah, know? like just I just, hanging out. Yeah, right? just hanging out, and I had a Street Fighter two arcade machine. Oh fuck! And a, a kegerator right next to it. And the cool thing about Street Fighter 2 is every single person thinks they're the best. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? know. I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the best person I know. So there's like hours and hours of, of, of fun on that game. Yeah. yeah. So then um, in real estate, I did really well. And then um, I got let go. You know, the economy was changing. Things mm-hmm. were changing. Things got tighter. And I remember um, I was working for this company, you know, for I was only with one company. And uh, I was always top producer. I got, I got all these trophies at home from being top producer, you know, the youngest guy. And the weird thing is I remember telling my parents, um, I was in college, and I was getting paid like 8 bucks an hour, uh, a little bit more than minimum wage back then. But then the more I worked, the, the worse I did in school. And I've always done really well in school. You know? Mm-hmm. you know, I've always been taught, you know, go to school, good grades, good job, career, you're done. You know, you're set. So, um after working there for about two, three months, you know, I told my parents like, Hey, you know what? I mean, you guys are right. You know, like it's kind of, my grades are kind of falling. So let me go ahead and tell my boss I'm going to quit, Yeah, you know? And, uh, I remember going up to him telling him, you know what? I, I think I got to call it quits because you know, my, my school's not doing that well. And then he told me, okay, well, how about this? Take the rest of the week off. You'll fully get paid. Come back on Monday and let me know what you want to get paid. I was like, Oh damn! Like, and you were doing what at the time? I was a uh, cold calling from the telephone book, selling mortgages like for real estate. For real doing? estate, okay, yeah. And uh, I remember my boss told me, um, "You ever sold before?" I was like, "No, not really." He's like, "All right, here's the white pages. You're gonna learn real quick." You know, like a hundred <laughs> like a movie, and, dude. Just like just like a movie. movie. <laughs> and he, he'd always wear his dress shirt real low. You know, he was you know from the East Coast, New York guy. You know, and gold chain, hard hair on coming yeah. out. Oh, dude, the whole nine yards, right? <laughs> and then. um so I, I was talking to my parents. And I was like, you know, my dad gets maybe like 50 cents to a dollar raise per year, you know, yeah. like, you know, working a, a salary job. So my dad's like, yeah, you know, maybe ask for like 50 cents, you know what I mean? And see what he says. So uh, we go into this meeting and then um, he's like, you know, Billy, before we get started, I'll offer you $15 an hour. <laughs> and um, what do you think about that? 
And I was like, oh, damn, that's, well, I'm not even going to bring up my eight something. Yeah. So like, uh, you know what? Um, yeah, that, that's about right where uh, I was kind of thinking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and work on that. So I was stoked, you know, 15 bucks an hour. Oh, and man, you're I'm 20. I'm like 20. Yeah, right around okay. 20, early 20s. Great pay at that. How old yeah. are you right now? I'm 36. So I'm, I'm 38. So same yeah. Same time that getting that much at that time. Yeah. Like, it was that's like making like 30 bucks an hour almost. Like, Absolutely. I mean, right? the easy way you know, to calculate like, the income yeah. is, you know, you take the hourly, double it. Exactly. You know, and that's your annual. So $15 yeah. is 30,000. So like, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> so then, um, you know, a month and a half goes by and, and plus there's like unlimited overtime, you know, mm-hmm. so I was working my ass off, you know, and then, uh, but my grades are just falling <laughs> and I've never, I've never done bad in school, you know? So then uh, I do the same thing. I tell the boss, you know, like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but I just, I just can't, you know, like it's not working for me. He's like, okay, well, we'll do it again. Take the rest of the week off of the Tuesday. Take the rest of the week off, full pay. <laughs> come back on Monday with an offer. I was like, man, you know, I go home, talk to my mom and dad. You know, my dad, you know, he works and teaches for UCLA and all that stuff, you know. And, yeah. And then coming from a, a teacher background family, and my dad's like, well, you know, 15 bucks an hour, 30,000 a year. You know, why don't you shoot high? Why don't you just tell him like 18 bucks? <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> Just, just throw it at him. So I was like, no, you're right, dad. So I go in this meeting on Monday, you know, like confident, confident. Yeah. I'm just going to lay it down. And then the guy's like, well, how about this? I'll give you 25 bucks an hour and, uh, we'll start you there, you know, and, uh, tell me, tell me what your offer is. I was like, you know, it's, it's right around there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so, and we repeat the, the process one more time. Um, a month later, Oh my like gosh, I'm, dude, I'm just failing in school. It, dude. Dude, I'm failing in school. Not in life. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I've only known to go to yeah. school and to do well there. So then um, we do this again. Same thing. Take the rest of the week, week off, get paid, and then come back with an offer. And then this time he said, all right, we're not playing this game anymore. I'll give you six figures for the rest of the year oh plus commission, you know, and uh, full time and you don't pull this shit anymore. 22. 21. 20. Oh, my God, 20. dude. 20. Fuck. So then, you know, I go home and tell my mom and dad. And then my mom and dad tells me, you know what? Maybe we should take a break from school. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I was like, you know, coming from an Asian household, that's like. That was the, getting the, the okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, my, my dad's like, you know, that's almost the same as me. And, and you're only 20 years old. Like, do you have to give us a shot? And yeah. I, was, I was shocked. I was like, you know what? Well, whatever you do, you got to go all in. Yeah. So if, if you're going to invest that much in me, then I'm going to do double, you know. And everything worked out. So first year was great. You know, 21 years old, bought my first house. You know, later that year, bought my second condo. You know, like multiple properties before I'm 22. Um, wow. Things are going really well, making just stupid money. You yeah. know, like I couldn't spend it fast enough. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, making that much, you think you're an expert and you think you know everything about life and all that stuff. And, of course, it all came crashing down. And then um, eventually, you know, I got laid off. And I remember calling my dad. I had an NSX at that time. I've always had a history with cars. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you rolled up in a fucking badass car. What kind of car is that? Uh, that's a Ferrari. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah that, that's, dude. that's my little baby. That's why I said I had to take out to show my kid this fucking picture. Dude. Yeah, so we'll talk about more of that later. But then um, I'm driving home. and I'm crying. You know what I mean? I've never been let go. I've never, I never had anything bad said about me. I always, you know, gave it at all and, and had a work, a good work ethic. You know. And then um, my dad said, "Well, you know what? When I was younger and I was stressing, you know, I went fishing. So I was like, okay, you know what? I haven't done it in a long time. So let me just." Try to bring that back. So uh, I booked a trip on a Twilight boat, and um, I saw that guy Jose again. Oh no way! Yeah, and this cool, is like man. you know years later, and he's still fishing. And the one thing I noticed was the same three guys out of twenty or so are catching all the fish. So like you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just put my stuff down and just watch, you know, because that's yeah, what my dude. that's what my real estate guy taught me to do. You know, like we had 50, 50 sales guys, and he told me you watch him, him, and her. 
you're going to walk like them, you're going to talk like them, you're going to do everything like them, and you should have similar results. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, watching these guys fish, and I was like, you know what? They all have like long rods. You know, they all fish a certain way. They always like they're spending more time at the bait tank. You know, choosing their bait. So I was like, oh, that's so weird. I just would just choose whatever. Yeah. So you know, I bought the same rod that they did, same reel, same line. You know, someone would you know give me a little hint here and there. Mm-hmm. And the next time I went out, I had the same gear, same stuff. And you know what, man, I caught like four sand bass or something. <laughs> you know, and I was stoked. So I was like, okay, well, cool. This is this is fun. And then I met someone which I don't know his name. Um, I, I don't remember it, but he introduced me to a forum called the FNN Fishing Network. That's where I started. And thinking, I was like, yeah. I was like, forum? Like, what do you mean by what's a forum? <laughs> And he said, you know, it's, it's a group of guys that, that like fishing, that, that just talk about fishing. You know, they share pictures and stuff. I was like, really? That, that's, that's so neat, you know? So I go on this forum, you know, I, I sign up, and then I'm just watching, reading all these people's posts. And I'm like, man, this is so cool. You know, there's other guys that, you know, love the same thing that you love. And then um, I saw one guy post a lot. Um, his, he was catching a bunch of fish, calico bass mm-hmm. and rockfish, yellowtail and all that good stuff. And his screen name was A H H H V Tech. Ah, V Tech. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, uh, I'm in a car. Yeah, so it's mean, the same uh, motor. Right? I mean, <laughs> prior to real estate, you know, I had my own car business to do motor swaps. No way. That's a whole other like ball of wax. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it, it all just kind of started there. So I, I sent him a private message. I was like, "Hey, uh, and I'm new to fishing. You know, I, I would love to go out with you." I don't know how much it costs. You know, I'll do anything. I just want to go fishing and learn. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't respond to me the first two, three times. And eventually he did, you know, persistence of, of sending him messages. So um, he invited me fishing. I was fish the break wall. And I, I don't even know what the break wall is. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, 24 years old or yeah. something, like 24, 25. I didn't know what the break wall was, but yeah, cool. I mean, I'm game, anything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're catching bass. I mean, it was like 50 fish nights. And I'm just like amazed, you know. So learning what I did from sport boats, you know, if you just put in more effort to maybe clean or, or stay back late, be the last person to leave and maybe you can get an invite back, mm-hmm. you know? So I think he asked for I think like 20 bucks, you know, for gas, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, cool, I gave him 40. Yeah. Because it, I figured, you know what? Yep. As a boat owner, there's a lot of different expenses that kind of go into this and, and maybe just a little bit helps, you know what I mean? And maybe, you know what? I can get that extra invite back. And lo and behold, he invited me back. So we fished twice in one week. And the following week, check this out. You're not going to believe this. Mm-hmm. He asks me, you ever been to Cabo San Lucas? I'm like, no. But that's like a dream you know, yeah. trip, whatever. And he told me he puts together this trip like every year from Fishing Network, like a group of like 20 people or whatever, you know, to go down there. Mm-hmm. Someone just canceled. You can have their spot. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like how much? He's like, no, no, no. You, you can just have it. And I said, why? Like, why would you do this for me? Like, you don't even, you barely even know me, you know? Yeah. He's like, no, you seem like a good kid and, and you're really, you know, fishing hungry. Uh, maybe just pay for your airfare, but all your room, hotel, and fishing, everything's covered. Oh, God, what a dream, dude. I was like, no way. It's meant like, to be right there. Man. And the story of my life is meeting people. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I'm so grateful. This guy's name's Duke. Uh, Duke Nguyen, I think, you know. Okay. Um, and, and he got me started into that. Went to Cabo. I got to catch my first yellowfin. And I think it was like my second yellowfin or third yellowfin <laughs> turned out to be a cow. Oh my on a gosh. panga, like a little 21-foot panga. <laughs> oh, man, um, The captain's name was Modesto, so I remember it. It was on a TLD-30 on 50-pound mono fishing chunk, Jeez. and we we're targeting, like, 30-pound yellowfin. Yeah. And this cow eats it. And, like, three and a half hours later, you know, we land it, and everyone's at the hotel is like, you know, where's Billy? Where's Billy? Dude. You know, like, they're, they're gone. They, you know, yeah, they, they, they didn't come back. Wrong? Yeah, something's yeah, happening, yeah. you know? 
it was a cow and it weighed 275 pounds. Oh my God. And that was like, from what he told me, one of the biggest he's seen down there. And that was just luck. I mean, I, I mean, and to get a cow scratched off on your first trip, you know, yeah. on a panga. Yeah. You know, so cool. <laughs> so then, um, I got hooked, you know, um, what did people say when you came back in? Were they like, what the Everyone fuck? Everyone was like jaw dropping. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, that's you know like I mean? the, those are priceless right there. Those like getting to come back with your dick hanging out. And I think hey. I still have like a little bit of video footage <laughs> from it. You know what yeah. I mean? Which I've never released, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool dude, to like rewatch what a memory. it sometimes. What a memory. Oh dude, my you gosh. Know? Uh, forever grateful. Yeah. You know? So then I started fishing with Duke a lot, you know, on his private little eight, 18 foot, you know, bay liner. Um, and then eventually, you know, I got my own boat. Um, it was a Cabo 216. Wow, that's a nice boat. Um, I, I absolutely love that boat. That was my first boat. And, and here comes the learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember um, just like learning how to launch the boat. Well, we, we can do the rookie mistake right now since you want to uh, talk dude, about dude, it. All day long. All day long. Like, Give us your best one. Um, I went in three ways with this boat, my brother and my friend, right? Mm-hmm. We said that my brother would learn to drive the truck. My friend would provide the truck and I would drive the boat. I mean, that worked out phenomenal for the first trip. But then the second trip, this guy couldn't go and the other guy couldn't get the truck. And I'm oh, like, well, fuck. hey, well, I still want to fish. Yeah. So I'd go, go, I'd go rent U-Hauls, okay? U-Haul trucks. U-Haul too. trucks to go tow my boat. <laughs> and I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't know how to launch. I've never launched a boat. Yeah. I've, you know, I, I can only remember watching Duke, you know what I mean? But he always had a good control of it. Yeah. Dude, I would dip like half the truck like into oh, the, like, God. I mean, the whole thing was like salt water submerged. I didn't know. But at least I got the boat <laughs> off the trailer, you know? And, you know, I would do this with my girlfriend at the time. And, and I'm soaking wet, you know, it's like nighttime, just trying to launch the boat. I was like, babe, we did it. Look, the boat. And she's just looking at me like, shit, wet. Like, there's got to be. What the fuck is this guy doing? The, the, half the truck is in the water. You know, like, I definitely would have been like a good candidate for the qualified captain yeah, page. Oh, you know I what I mean? That oh, fucking dude. page, dude. <laughs> oh, man. So that was the learning. But I, if no one's going to do it, you got to do it yourself. Exactly. You know, like, I wanted to learn, you know? And uh, and Duke was one of the guys that initially helped me, and then he led me to all these different guys. You know, um, one guy named Vu. Uh, we're still friends till this day. You know, still fish together till this day. Uh, one of my best friends. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I got to meet a lot of cool people with the same passion. And and for me, that was a first. You know, to be able to meet that kind of, of group. So um, wasn't working. Um, you know, had had some time, had a little bit of money, so I just went fishing all the time. Traveled everywhere, fish, took the boat out. And then I started posting a lot on uh, Bloody Decks, which is a BD Outdoors now. Mm-hmm. Posting up stories and detailed stories about what I was doing, and guys would help me out, and 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 vice versa. And then someone said, you know, hey, well, how much does it cost to go fishing with you? Mm-hmm. I was like, what do you mean? Like you're gonna pay? Like yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll pay you to go fishing. I was like, you know, what? I'm not, I'm not a charter guy, you know, but if you want to, I don't know, maybe pay for my gas and let's go. Like yeah, yeah, yeah no hey, problem. Twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like you learned, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, and they're like, oh man, dude, these, <laughs> these guys chipped in to pay for gas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so then, um, you know, made a bunch of great friends and, and ran that. And then, um, then came um, me wanting to buy a better boat, right? Okay. And uh, I was talking to my good friend who's a boat broker, and then he told me that that's funny. There's another Asian guy, you know around your neighborhood that's looking for the same boat. I was like, no shit, another guy? Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, same boat, same model, Parker, 2320, you know what I mean? No way. And then uh, he sent me a listing on the East Coast, and it was a good price. It was like you know, 40000 or 45000 And I told Dave, like, you know what, I'll wait on it, you know, maybe a week or so. I got back to him like a week later. I was like, you know what, I'll go fly out and check it out. He's like, sorry, man, too late. The other guy bought oh, it. Oh, fuck. I was like, fuck. 
this guy just bought my boat. Like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? And then uh, I had another friend in the, you know, around that time told me, Hey, uh, my cousin just bought a, bought a boat and he wants someone to kind of like tell him what to do, where to go and all that stuff. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm more than happy to meet him. Mm-hmm. I go to this guy's house. I see a brand new Parker. <laughs> it's my fucking boat, bro. I know. So I talked to this guy. Hey, you know, did you work with Dave? He's like, yeah, I got my boat with Dave. I just, I paid all cash and flew down got it right away. Oh, like, fuck, fucker. Man. That's my boat. You know? That's, but and then he's like well if this was your boat what would you do like just you know money's no no object just yeah. what would you do I was like, okay well i would do this that 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 bait tank pacific edge bait tank you know do this and that and we got this boat rigged and then he's like uh yeah i mean i guess let's go fishing now do, do you mind driving it and I'll, I'll pay for everything i'll take care of everything and wow. just show me how to fish i was like damn so it's kind of like having my own boat you know what's cool is you get to try that whole boat out fucking inside and out absolutely right so you'll know Maybe I don't want this boat after all, you know, after you get to kind of try it out, which is, it worked out in your fucking, you know, benefit. Yeah. So I, I fell in love with that boat. Yeah. It looked like a mini charter boat, yeah. you know? So I really liked that boat. And then uh, he actually eventually introduced me to one of his businesses mm-hmm. and we're able to make some side money and still fish together and then everything was all, all good. And so then you when, still weren't doing like a nine to five at this time. You're kind of doing. No, I'm just kind of. Bouncing around. Find what just, you wanted to do, yeah. different business investments, stuff like that. I even went back to school. I never finished school. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I went from UCI to Cal State Fullerton wow. to Cal State Dominguez Hills. And till this day, I still haven't graduated. Neither did I. So, um, <laughs> so then after that boat, um, I remember like people were seeing a lot of my stories and following me a lot. And then someone offered me a charter boat. And this is where things get real interesting. You know, I'm like 26 now, you know? Yeah. Um, and I met this guy. His name's uh, John Archibald, and he was selling the boat for five hundred thousand dollars. Fuck, you know. And he was telling me his friends were like Gary Norby and all these old school guys, you know, Alan Watson and and all these guys. I just didn't really know. I kind of maybe heard their name. And yeah, I've no all known them as like legends, you know. But damn, like five hundred thousand. I'm sorry, sir. You know, like I don't have I don't have that kind of money, especially with no job. And he said, Well, why don't you just come down and take a look at the boat and uh, tell me what you think? So I took a look at the boat. It was a uh, a brand new commercial albacore boat. Wow. Single screw. It was like, I think. So what's a single screw mean? Single screw means it only has one engine. Okay. And I didn't, I don't have experience on big boats. So I, I really didn't know what the difference between one and two engines and, and what it does and all that stuff, you uh-huh. know? Uh, but it was a really, you know, big bait tank, um, two slammers. And it had like a two ton refrigerated fish hold. Like just a Fuck. huge, I mean, we could probably fit maybe like 20 guys down there. Shit. So I'm like, damn, this boat's kind of big for a six pack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he asked me, well, well, what did I think? And I told him, well, I'm, it's a really nice boat. I'm sorry, but like I told you, I, I don't have the money for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he said, what's your problem? You know, like, well, what's my problem? Um, the loan, you know, because I worked in, in mortgage. I understand how loans work and yeah. how to get a loan. And, and um, he lowered the price to 425 And I was like, still, I, I just can't get a loan on 425 20% down is like, you know, 90000 bucks, almost hundred grand. Like, I don't have that. I mean, I have that money, but I'm not going to spend it all on a, on a boat. Mm-hmm. So then I told him, I'm sorry, but I just can't do it with the loan. I, can't, I don't have the down payment. And then he said, okay, well, what if we take away the down payment? I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> you just change the game, bro. <laughs> yeah. And this was like, I want to say in January or something like that. Yeah, I forgot what year. And then uh, I go back home. I tell my girlfriend, you know, cause I, I didn't have a job or anything. I had, you know, a little savings account and whatnot. And I mm-hmm. told him, yeah, he took away the down payment. And then she's like, well, she works at a bank too. And she said, well, um, 
the monthly payment on $425,000 can be quite a bit, especially if you're trying to start out a business. You know, I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, you know, but I really like fishing. <laughs> um, so then um, I go back and I, I told uh, Ar- Archie, um, you know, what, the monthly payment on 425000 is just, you know, too much. And then he said, okay, I'll take away the payment. I'll give you like interest only 1%, you know, on a handshake and you just pay me whenever you're ready. Take the boat. Shit. You know, like make a commitment, you know, and, and he, he's a really good guy. You know, he just wanted to give someone a chance, you know, someone who was passionate about the sport. And I still think he'll still offer that to someone till this day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it turns out that his buddy had passed away and he inherited the boat, multiple boats, multiple properties. I mean, it just became like multimillionaire overnight. But so he never just trying to help. Maybe help out. He didn't really know a lot about the boats. Maybe he just is like, yeah, because they just hey, bought it out from Washington. Yeah, and he's just like, sat. take it, bro. Like, yeah. yeah, just wanted to get used. Absolutely, use, yes, yeah. get someone a chance. You know, yeah. and and him becoming like this inherited all these properties and stuff. it never changed who he was like he still preferred living you know in that san pedro you know, in those <laughs> boats area you know yeah i mean you know, sometimes you know he, he doesn't dress that nice or doesn't drive the <laughs> nicest car you know but man his heart was a heart of gold you know like if you broke down at three in the morning you know on the side of the freeway he's the guy that just sees you and would help and would pay for everything mm-hmm. and would just leave and wouldn't care you know if he said thank you or not nice. and that's just the type of person that he is yeah. just a super grateful guy so um, he told me um you know, took away the payments. And then I go back and tell my girlfriend, look, he just took away the payments. You know, I'm not doing anything. You know, I got to give us a shot, you know, and I'll be honest. I didn't have my captain's license. I didn't, but I understand the rules. The rule said you just need to have a captain on board. So I always had captains on board, mm-hmm. even though I would, you know, put in my two cents and whatnot. So, um, I decided to move forward with the boat. Um, it was January. Um, sea bass season starts in March. I started calling the landing, see who would accept me. Um, Pure Point gave me a chance. They okay. accepted me. And then I had two months to get this boat together and try to get Shit. a crew together. So I ended up spending a lot more than, than I thought. And I, yeah. I, I, could, I didn't even fish the boat. Like, I just straight fixed it up. Just got it. And the funny, here's the funny thing. It was a brand new boat, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it was stored, like, I don't know what the correct word is, like the, like the slums of San Pedro, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had the biggest tweaker live on the boat. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Needles so- everywhere. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> I'm just so shocked. I was like, well, Archie, why would you have, you know, like the biggest tweaker on the boat? Yeah. And he said, check this logic. He said, well, if you don't have anyone on the boat, all the tweaker is going to come and try to steal shit off the boat. But if you have the biggest tweaker, he's going to help protect it and not let other people come and steal the boat and steal parts off of it. Did it work? It worked. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so that, that was interesting. Um. So, you know, getting the boat ready, you know, bait pumps and, uh, you know, fixing the head, making everything look real clean. You know, I, I have a certain standard of things, you know, mm-hmm. and I want things really nice and clean. And then now I need to put together a crew. I remember calling Tino, um, Jack De La Corte. I mean, all these different captains, Jamie from Seasons, Dave Hansen, you know, trying to get a, get a crew together. But it was real tough because I'm brand new. All I had was... Did you know some people by then, like already, like where you were at? You kind of knew, had a little bit of uh, familiarity. Zero. Yeah, nothing. I, I knew of them. Okay. I knew they're good. But they didn't know you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, no. They, yeah. They don't yeah. know who I am. You know, maybe a picture here and there, mm-hmm. you know, but I really wasn't nothing. I mean, I'm just a fanboy, you know, like all these guys I look up to. Until this day, I still look up to them, you know? Yeah. And then um, they started to help. And I was like, damn, man. And Tino was the first person that ran my boat. 
And of course, he couldn't do it full time because I think at that time he was like uh, working with options, I believe, you know. Mm-hmm. And Tino ran it a couple times. And then um, I kind of went through a few different captains. And then uh, Jack De La Corte, you know, he kind of took the wheel and, and he did an amazing job. I got to learn a lot from him. He's, mm-hmm. man, such a, an amazing fisherman, you know, and Tino as well, Dave Hansen as well, Jamie from Seasons. He, mm-hmm. you know, he helped me out and ran a trip for me. And uh, man, such a good guy, you know. So I've known some of these guys for years and years and years. You know, I just did the Fred Hall show not knowing anything. Yeah. I, remember, I remember Tino telling me that, you know, we had a bet. And he said, I couldn't book 50 trips my first year because that's a lot for a brand new operation. You yeah. Know? And lo and behold, I think I ended up doing like 62 or something like that. <sighs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good. I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you, you bring it to a head right now. You're like, yeah. yeah. And then it was 60 trips. That, yeah, it didn't, it didn't go the way. Oh, I man. It was, uh, <laughs> I knew nothing, you know, but yeah. I knew that I had to give it a chance. You know, I, it was someone giving me this type of opportunity. So um, I think it was like halfway through the season. You know, like the marketing stuff I did, you know, I had a contract with a BD Outdoor, Bloody Decks. Um, you know, their, their advertising really helped with 9762 now with Terrence, yeah. you know, like they, they really helped me out, you know, and, and I appreciate them till this day. And uh, halfway through the season, I noticed the bank account going the other way, the opposite way. And I was like, something ain't right. You know, I mean, I'm booking trips, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm paying everyone, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm always by the book. And then, uh, and then it, long story short, after dissecting everything, it came down to fuel. I was told the boat gets like three miles per gallon because it's a single screw. It, it's slow, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I calculated the business on two miles per gallon, trying to be a little bit conservative, you know. But long story short, the boat ran like 0.6 miles Fuck per gallon. And I'm slow. And how much so people might know because I know when I'm on a boat, I'm like, why the fuck are we going so slow? Break down how much gas costs and something like that. Well, it was kind of a, a tough time, you know, back in like 07, 08 when fuel prices were at, at the peak. It was like, you know, four, five, yeah, five bucks a gallon. You Almost know what I mean? Like now, dude. It, it was ridiculous, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you got landing fees, you got insurance, you know, I'm paying all the captains, you know. I'm not really taking a paycheck because I mean, I'm just trying to make things work right now. Yeah. You know? I'm just trying to build a name for myself. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of money goes, I think most of it goes to fuel and then landing, bait maintenance and all that yeah so every trip i calculate i'm losing a couple hundred bucks per trip wow so i'm i have to pay to go fishing i have to pay to go take these people out yeah and then it got to a point you know i'm talking with um some guys and they told me well shit man you got two options you know you close up shop right now and you still got some deposits to keep and that'll kind of keep you afloat because i'm all in i mm-hmm. all my money's tied up into this boat yeah i'm young I, i've never really how old are you at this time i was a uh, i want to say 26 27 27 ish you man. know um, I didn't really go through any hardships in my life yet. You know, this is my first time. Didn't know how to react. Didn't know how to adult. You know, <laughs> I hear you um, on that. I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so man, I'm lost, man. You know, I love fishing, but I'm paying to go and I'm losing my money. I'm losing everything I have. I'm not making any positive income. And either I'm going to shut down and at least keep some of this money, but you'll lose your face. You'll lose your, your, you lose your integrity or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Or you run the rest of the year and you're going to be high and dry. Those are my two choices. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I mean, my dad raised me better than that. So I'm just going to run the whole year. I didn't care. You know, that's not right to do to people. And that's why sometimes you, know, you see like boats changing operations and stuff. And people are always asking, well, what about my deposit? Well, you know, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Man, I'm, I'm struggling near the end of the year. Still had trips to run. Um, I'm almost running completely out of money. And of course, end of the year, 
Um, I completely run out, maxed out credit cards, maxed out my girl's credit cards. I stopped paying my mortgage. Are you, are you married to your girlfriend? You know what? Uh, no, I, the one that we're talking about right now. I am. You are? Yeah. So it's your wife now? Yeah. Okay. So same, same girl through this whole That's, time. Well, I'm just, it's one, she backed you, bro. Dude, you know your life to her now, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, so then, uh, I stopped paying my mortgage. Oh man. You know? And at that time, I think I was like one of the first waves of like foreclosures, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was so embarrassed to like tell people, you know? And, and, you know, I used to be that, well, whatever, you know, that I felt like I was that prideful son that could take care of their parents, take care of their mortgage. Cause I already offered that through, mm-hmm. you know, my heydays, you know what I mean? I always try to, you know, stay yeah. positive on that. And now I can't even make my own mortgage payment. I'm losing everything. I got all these foreclosure letters, you know, and I'm losing my boat, losing my business. I got no way of income, but I'm tied. I'm married to this boat. Fuck. You know, I'm like, fuck, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do, man. And, uh, obviously I go back to my dad and like, dad, I'm like, what do I do? And dad's like, uh, you know what? Just give back the keys. Just, it is what it is. Take your losses, take your licks. You're done. And I was like, no, but all, all my money's tied. Like all that money from real estate that I've made, whatever it's tied into this boat. Like I need to get some of it back. He's like, no. And then to replace the engine, you know, of that boat was, was something astronomical that I couldn't rework to pay it back. Like yeah. it, didn't, it didn't work out. It just, it didn't work. And all season long, I felt like I was walking on eggshells because I, I didn't want to make anybody mad. You it's know, your first I, year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm green. Man. Yeah. yeah. I'm a nobody. I'm still a nobody. Uh, <laughs> so, um, man, that was a, that was a really tough time for me, you know, and after giving back the boat, you know, I had nothing going. Uh, ended up losing the house. And then, you know, finally it went all the way down to uh, the three days notice to vacate. And uh, I, I couldn't tell nobody, you know, I can't, I can't tell people that I lost everything, especially someone, you know, driving nice cars and always paying for people's dinners and stuff, you know, and yeah. I lost it, man. I lost everything, my cars, my house. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to see me do that now, you know, with all that stuff going on, but um, <laughs> lost everything, you know, stayed at a hotel for a couple of days. And it was tough, you know what I mean? And then finally ran out of complete, not a single dollar to my name, not no a single way, dollar to my man. girl's name. I finally called my mom and dad. You know, I'm like, mom, dad, I, I lost everything. Shit. Everything, every single thing from the cars to accounts, like everything. My bank accounts were shot and my bank accounts were like glowing red. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they told me, uh, well, they still have like an outdoor patio, you know, similar to like this, what we're doing here in the studio. Kind yeah. Of it's thing, like yeah. an enclosed patio. It's not part of the house, you know, but you yeah, know, cause I got four other siblings, you know what I mean? And yeah. now they live in a like 1300 square foot house, two and a half, bath, you know, really small, you know, humble beginnings. Yeah. And, uh, well, it was a roof over my head and, and we moved there. You know, I had no choice. And then I was, uh, I want to say like 28 at that time. And, uh, I remember like looking at my girlfriend at the time and I, I think two, three days of being there, I told her, you know what, you got to leave. <sighs> You know, because I, I understood that. Um, Did you feel like you couldn't provide the way you wanted to at the time? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and I understand, like, as a man, and for her at that age of her being, she's one year old, I mean, like, 28, 29, like, you need to find a guy with security. <laughs> and I Dude, just, I just, I, I know, I get it. As a, as a, I get how you feel. I had a fucking kid when I was 23. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, there's been times, hard time, you know, it's life, dude. And that's, you're being truthful. That's like being honest. And you, I, I could understand where you're coming from. Definitely. So I just felt like it was the one thing that I could do for her. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Is, is let her live her life. And, uh, she chose to stuck around. 
What a great wife, dude. dude You're so giving the are. best wife story right now ever, yeah, man. Wow. So we, when she listens to this, man, she's going to be stoked. It's surprising she's not much on social media <laughs> at all. You know? I, mean, I don't even know if she's going to listen to this, so that's why I can say these things. Oh, trust me. They, your wife will listen. My wife listened to it. I had to apologize for some of the bad things I said oh, man. on previous podcasts. Not about her, but just yeah. being very vulgar. So uh, <laughs> we lived in this little outdoor patio. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to like put up blinds, so you know, because we just woke up to bright sun every day. You know, what didn't wasn't working. I was I was really overweight, and I, I figured, you know what, I need to work on myself before I could help anybody else because I can't help other people if I, I if I'm in such in trouble mentally, physically, uh-huh. personally, professionally, not there. And then, um, well, you know what? Maybe I'll start on my health. So uh, I borrowed some money from my mom to get a gym membership. You know, maybe I'll get that in line. 24-hour? 24-hour fitness. Oh, on, there you uh, go. Beach and uh, Edinger, you know, right around there. I've been there. And uh, first day at the gym, you know, I got this crazy fitness, you know, business, whatever you want to call it. First day at the gym, I remember checking in for the first time. I felt so proud because I, I was able to get off, you know, that, that little depression or whatever you want to call it. And I made a positive thing by going here. And then I, re- I ran into three girls from high school, like leaving the gym. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I look like crap, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, hey, how are you? And then they gave me that weird look like, hey, wow, like like you've changed, like you got fat, you know what I mean? I was like, well, you know, well, yeah, I'm here, you know. <laughs> um, so hey, I remember, it's like, so relatable because I'm a fucking fat ass. <laughs> so, and I'm like, I, I gained a lot of weight from fucking So, so then, you know, I, I walked past these girls and then I was like, you know, it's not so bad. But you know what? If I turn around, they're probably like shit talking, then I'm probably pretty bad. Of course, I turn around and like when everyone's pointing and laughing, I'm like, oh, fuck. Fuck, I'm fat, you know. Fuck, that sucked. And then um, I walked by one more person and ran to another high school friend. I was like, damn, man, I'm just meeting like all these people at the wrong time, wrong place. And then I, I walked up the stairway and I finally ran into my high school bully, you know, and he laid it on me. He's like, dude, you're fucking fat. <laughs> like, what happened That's to what you? That's what you needed. <laughs> I was like, shit, like, what happened to you? And yeah. I'm like, um, you know, back, like, <laughs> mentally in my head, I'm like, bro, this is why I'm here. Like, yeah. shit, man, this is, fuck, I never thought the gym was so hard and I haven't even lifted a single weight. It's I haven't, like I haven't done school, anything. Right? Yeah. You're back in school. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this sucks. So then one thing I was good at at that time was quitting. You know, so I, I made this fake, I'll never forget, man. I made this fake lap just walking around the gym, like pretending I knew what I was doing. I didn't touch anything, but I was just looking at other people and be like, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be fit. You know, I wish, you know, they look so happy, you know? Yeah. And I went home, and I quit. And that was my first day at the gym. Fuck, man. So then, uh, fuck, that was tough, man. And then uh, a week later, I asked myself a really important question, which was, how else is this a reflection of other things in your life that every time something gets hard, you just quit? Yeah. And how many times are you going to let this play out? Like, you got to change, you know, you got to step up. And one thing I learned is every next level of your life demands a new you. Every next level of your life demands a new you. Like you have to raise your standards, do different things in order to achieve different things and be in different places. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I went back to the gym, you know, did a, did a ton of cardio, didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know what I mean? And didn't get much results at all. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I made a really good friend, you know him, his name's Google. <laughs> and 
Oh, I know him real well. Yeah, late, <laughs> late at night, just kind of, you know, try to figure out nutrition and just understand it, calorie intake, out, you know, all that mumbo jumbo. And I didn't have money to go out with my girl, so we just, you know, cooked at home and I yeah. started modifying some things and started counting calories, learning about macronutrients and started applying it. And lo and behold, stuck with it and I started losing some weight. I was like, oh, cool, this is, this is really cool. You know, fast forward, you know, six months, you know, I'm down like 30, 35 pounds. Wow, that's and then good. Fast forward to eight months and I get a full six pack. Never had that. Never had that. Never had it. Never. Ever. Wow. And I was just like so proud of myself because I actually did something, you know. And then um, I posted a before and after picture on Facebook. It and changed it changed everything, huh? Absolutely <laughs> viral. Yeah. And everything changed from that moment, you know. And then people started to reach out for help. I was like, shit, people want to talk to me again, you know? Yeah. So I started helping everyone for free, you know what I mean? Just, you know, doing as much as I can. And then it got to a point where there's too many emails. I got, I got 2,000 unanswered emails. Fuck. You know, and I'm just trying to help as many as I can. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to charge people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those who are serious will separate. So I started charging people like 10 bucks. And then if you want me to go to Costco with you, it's 25 bucks. And I go like shop with you and get you a meal plan. The whole night. that's yards, fucking you know? awesome. So I was like, man, dude, I'm getting a second <laughs> shot at life, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, you know, learning what I learned in business in the past, you know, like I have to make this a bigger scale because there's just so many people that, that wanted help. And it made me feel good. Like it, it wasn't really about the money, but it was just the fact that I was able to help and change people's lives mm-hmm. and, and tell other people that, Hey, you still got a chance. You know what I mean? Like, man, put your hand over your heart, man. You yeah. feel a beat. Like you're still here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if anything, like fitness taught me goals, fitness taught me how to achieve goals, you know, set a goal, write a plan, Take massive action. See if it works. If it works, stick with it. If not, change the process, but don't change the goal. Isn't it kind of like fishing? Absolutely. I right, fitness, fishing. I could, I could, if anything, because I fucking have lost weight. Like I've told you before, like I've lost like 80 pounds like three yeah. times because every time my wife got pregnant, I got pregnant with her and yeah. didn't yeah. come off this last time. So that's my next goal. But yeah. But you know, it's like, okay, maybe I can't drink fucking 15 beers today. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? and I got to only drink Jack Daniels, or maybe I can't. You know, and it's like fishing. Well, maybe this lure ain't biting. Yeah, you know? like you could relate a lot of things to fishing. Absolutely, right? and then I've taken that and applied it to fishing. You know, yeah. and, and man, I'm sorry. This whole podcast so far has all been so personal, not so much fishing. You know, but I'm, I'm sure I will, I'll get there. We'll get you know? we'll, but we'll, it's we'll a cool. There, we want to know your story. It's not always like I said. The last even Todd Maris, uh, yeah, you know Evans. It's like we're talking about the guy. So maybe. Like I said, I bring people on that I think are interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to know about you, yeah, and I want to know about fishing. I like talking fishing, but it's great to learn to meet someone and meet who they are. You know, like I tell people what I am all the time on this fucking podcast. You know, like hey, yeah. I played music. I'm a fucking asshole. You know, whatever. But yeah, I like to meet guys that you know you see on the internet. Uh, you know, people probably click on your shit all the time. Instagram. They don't know you. Yeah, they get to hear you personally. They get to hear what kind of guy you are, which I think is really cool. You cool. know what I met? Is so many. I get to meet so many cool guys. So yeah, we like hearing the story. It's it's fucking good. You know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, all right. So I'll just keep on going. Keep then. going. Yeah, because this all plays together. You did the fitness thing, and then the next thing you do is we'll get to that. But let's finish the fitness thing. So uh, fitness was really cool. You know, in the sense of like helping other people, and I really learned that. And you're what thirty about this time? Twenty twenty nine thirty. Yeah, twenty nine thirty. And then I remember I was on Instagram. And I'll, you know, I'm into fitness, so I'm looking at these Nike shoes. I like I like nice stuff. It's just yeah. my nature. And these shoes were like 250 bucks. And some guy posted a picture of three of them. I have no clue who this guy is. And I put a comment, hey, uh, nice shoes. Really cool, you know. And he replies back, hey, Billy Kay, 
you know, I've heard about you. Your, your name's <laughs> ringing around here. You know, I'll go ahead and give you a pair. And I'm like, give me a pair. Like, dude, I, I've done nothing for you. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm a fair guy. I'll, I'll pay you for these shoes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's cool, man. But wait a minute. You said my name has been ringing around here. Like, where are you? And he's like, oh, I'm in Vietnam, but I live in Orange County. You know, like I work in documentaries and I'm a director. Yeah. I was like, no shit. I was like, damn, someone like, how did you, you know, I mean, yeah. that photo got really viral. I mean, it's in my profile picture, yeah. you know. Great, dude. You ripped now, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was like, man, from Vietnam, well, well he's going to be in town next week. You know, he tells me he loves to meet me. Let's go have coffee. I'll give you these shoes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about you and you can share with me your story. And I told him how, you know, I was in fishing. I lost everything. And, and you know, I actually filmed myself through this journey. A lot of like diaries, a lot of like just film about myself going to the gym, myself cooking and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and him as a documentarian, he's like, and no one's seen this? <laughs> I was like, no, I just have this database of like, you know, two years of videos. Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, do you mind if I see it? Like, can I go to your house? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure. So he takes a look at it, you know, he's like, oh man, this is like, you're sitting on gold, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, you mind if I move in with you? I was like, uh, I just met you. Um, uh, but yeah, sure. Yeah. So he moves in and, you know, he, he says he's a filmer and all that good stuff. And then I remember like the first day, but the next morning, I literally wake up, go to my bedroom and he's down the hall already with his camera shooting B-roll. And I'm like, Ooh. I was like, damn, what are you doing? I'm like, shit. You know, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> he ain't fucking around. Huh? <laughs> and then um, we go to the gym and then we, he films me you now doing my reps, just B-roll stuff, you know, do 10 yeah. reps. And we're just standing there like looking at each other. And then I told him, well, why don't? Why don't you go? Like, well, your turn. You know, he's like, oh no, you know, fitness not my thing. You know, I was, was like, no, he no. overweight? Um, yeah, he wasn't he, in yeah. shape. He wasn't in, in shape, shape. Okay, you know, but he definitely, you know, wasn't overweight, but he wasn't in good yeah. shape at all. And he's like, no, no, fitness is too hard. I was like, no, your filming stuff is hard. You know, but putting weights up and down—that's the easy stuff. Yeah. So uh, he tried it, you know, and then he got back to my house and, and filmed me cooking. And then uh, I asked him, hey, you want to eat? He's like, oh no, I'll just pick something up later. I'm like, dude. You're already here. Just eat it, you know? Yeah. So he ends up, you know, following me for a few months, you know, become good friends. He only stayed for like two weeks or so, film a lot of B-roll stuff. Mm-hmm. And then three months, he got a six-pack. There you go. And he's never like, he's just shocked, you know? Yeah. So he has to go back to Vietnam to work on, on you know, movies or whatever he's doing over there. And everyone in the movie scene over there was like, oh, my gosh. How did, how did you get that? How did you look that way? You look younger. Shocked, right? Yeah. Because they like seen him yeah. leave and they came back looking different. Yeah. And he was telling me, you know, he works with like a Dustin Nguyen, who's from a 21 Jump Street. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, bro. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't know anyone you're talking about. Yeah. And then um, uh, Vietnam calls me. And one of the person that he met, you know, wanted me to come over and, and help their family. And of course, it came with a, you know, a friendly, nice number. And I got over to Vietnam and uh, I got to do a commercial over there. Got to meet really cool people. I was, I was a superstar. And the oh, cool thing about Vietnam cool, is, dude. I mean, I'm the tallest five, six and a half guy you'll ever meet, right? <laughs> but over in Vietnam, I'm tall. And I've never felt that way before, you know what I mean? So it was really cool. It was a great experience. I'm you know? bad. I'm five now. I'm not tall, dude, at all. I, I hear you. I, there was one picture I took. Best picture ever. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Next to Bobby Martinez and Garrett. Mm. and i'm like fuck i love this dude i'm taller than both these fucking guys yeah so <laughs> um so you know we became good friends you know did some work over there and then he finally put together this video for me and it's called like the billy k transformation video and i'll and he released it on he's like yeah start a youtube channel you know just just share it and i was like man is anyone gonna watch it yeah man i'd be stoked if i get like 100 people you know <laughs> 
just stoked. Yeah. And then like a couple hours later, the next morning, he wakes me up and tells me, hey, look, check out your account. And like, I hit a thousand. Shit. And then it was 5,000. And then it was 10,000. And then the email started flooding in. And then all this stuff just started to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, lo and behold, that, that YouTube video till this day has maybe over 3 million views. Like completely oh my viral. God. And, you know, I just had to continue with this business and continue to, you know, restart my life. I told you that fitness taught me goals. So one of my goals was to buy a house. You know, well, first off, you know, I really wanted to get married and all that good stuff. And I, I gave her the option. You want to get married first or you want to buy a house? And she said, oh, I want to buy a house. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. You know, so, <laughs> so do long I. story short, you know, like <laughs> we got a house and all that. And, and life is going great, man. Man, I, excuse me. Life is going great. Got, got everything back in control. Got a little bit of money in my pocket. And it feels so good to help people. And, and, and I've learned that the more you help others get what they want, the more you'll get what you want. Mm-hmm. You know? So everything's going good with life and I'm still not fishing because I'm scarred with fishing because I just, fishing brings me pain. So I don't do it. And then uh, the next step was to uh, start a family, you know, I mean, natural progression. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we started a family and uh, she got pregnant and, and we're super stoked, man. Every, I mean, I'm just so blessed, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, a couple months in and. Uh... With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We lost our first child. It's horrible, dude. How old were you at that time? I was like 31, 32. Okay. So uh, it was pretty Was it a full term? No, it was almost full term. And, oh, uh, shit. And I remember I um, went to the hospital, and uh, they told us things aren't looking good. But, um, you know, we still need to deliver the baby. Yeah. And uh, they told us, um, just to let you know, I mean, your baby's not going to be alive. God damn. Fuck, Billy. And, uh, sorry, dude. I didn't. No, I get it. I've. I mean, that's hard dude it's life i i know exactly i'm not going to say exactly i had issues with my my baby and my baby came out not breathing my littlest guy and uh i had my birthday present was him getting off of the breathing machines for me i was really lucky uh but watching him come out and the doctors pull him out and not crying and slap him once and you know, and I, I, I feel for you, man. It's it's and, hard. And, and I can't imagine not having my son here with me right now. And we're just in a position as first-time parents. You know what I mean? Like, no. dude, everything is going to I just restarted my life, man. Yeah. You know? And, uh, 
you know, that we just thought that the doctors just go in there, do their thing, and, and we go home and whatever, you deal with it. But like, no, dude, you, it's full term. You, you got to go through the whole process, you know, like, what do you mean the full? Dude? Well, she's got to push and, you know, you can be in there if you like. Fuck, and I was like, dude, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. Dude, our, our baby shower is around the corner, man. Like the the room set up with with, with Mason's name and, and all the gifts and presents that we bought for him. Yeah. So, you know, we go in the delivery room and um, they were just sitting there waiting for him to cry, man. I'm just sitting there waiting to like hold my son and have him wake up. And uh, he didn't. God damn. <laughs> you know, and then the doctor asked us, um, you know, if you want to spend a night with him, you know, for closure, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I would say, yeah, of course. So uh, we got to spend, um, you know, one night with my son. His name is Mason, you know. Um, he's a gift. Yeah. You know, like he, he, uh, he taught me how to love more. And he really brought, like, the family closer together, you know. And I remember um, when, they, when they took the baby away. And then they asked us an- another question, man. They asked us, uh, well, what did you guys have plans for, uh, you know, the body? We're like, Dude, what, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, well, because it's, you know, at a certain stage, you know, you're responsible for, you know, cremation, burial. Here's a list of mortuaries you can call and set up the services. And we, we broke. Me and my wife broke, and mom and dad took over. Yeah. And we just couldn't handle it. Thank and, God um, for parents, dude, to help out. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 2015 Thanksgiving, uh, you know, we cremated our child and had a funeral. So. At least you have the memory. I, I, I was against cremation my whole life. Till my wife kind of changed my mind on it, and I I like it. I I did I like the I like having a burial, but I like having something with me at my house. Yeah, just kind of think that's kind of cool. And it was tough, man, because I was a social media person, being all positive, you know, like hey, you know, like change your life, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like helping people. And dude, I just shut off. I didn't respond to emails. I just let my business crash. I, you know, like my heart hurt. <laughs> like, what do you want? What do you What do you want me to tell you, man? You know, like. I, Dude, you thought losing everything was hard. This nothing was harder than this. Oh, and then, like, I'll never forget the one thing my wife told me before we left the hospital, and she told me, like, like how come we don't get to leave the hospital with a child like everybody else? God damn. And when she said that, like, as a man, I've never felt so little as a man. Like, I could not provide. I could not answer. There's that. nothing you could do at that time. You can't. You can't even give advice. The, There's nothing you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, things got really tough in our relationship. For someone who's been with me through, you know, thick and thin. I mean, we've probably been together almost, I think, 10 years at that time. Shit. And, uh, and you hear about these stories about parents losing kids and stuff. And, and, you know, we're best friends, man. She's, she's, you know, my best friend. We could talk about anything. Do we laid in bed to like 2 or 3 p.m. every single day, like not being able to talk to each other. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't talk to my friend. I didn't really have friends at that time, you know, because it's just so hard to talk, you know. But, you know, at some point, you know, you have to understand that people depend on you, Yeah. you know, and you just have to put your best foot forward and uh, continue to move forward, you know. And, and I think there's a saying that goes, you know, like time heals. And I think that's bullshit. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think time heals. No, dude. Yeah. I, I just think as a person, you grow stronger. Yes. You know, so I, I, I believe, you know, I know he was a gift to us. I'm very grateful for him. I'm glad he entered my life. And, um, you know, we just kind of move forward. And then uh, things got really tough because, you know, when she went back to work and she worked at a bank and the bank would call me and they'd tell me, hey, you need to come pick up your wife. Oh you know, like s- the regulars would come in and be like, oh, so wow, the, the you had postpartum your baby. was probably like. Oh, dude, it was so tough. 
she had it all the feelings of having the motherhood. Yeah. The postpartum was probably crazy because you lost your child. Yeah. And right. Then, I mean, and then now, you know, people come into her bank. Oh, wow. Oh, you had your, oh, how's your baby? Oh, she break, dude. And then, uh, like come pick her up and we deal with it. So after that happened a couple of times, I told her, Hey, you know what? Maybe just take some time off of work. You yeah. Know, and just, yeah. Take it easy. And then I was struggling through that time. And then, my dad asked me, uh, my dad asked me, hey, uh, will you go fishing with me? <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, man, you're yeah. probably like, fuck you, man. I don't want to do that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I can't say no to my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll go, you know. And uh, we booked the trip. Um, but he booked it. It was on the Thunderbird, an overnight trip. You know, captain was uh, J- Jeff Marklin. And the I same guess, Thunderbird Jeff? Yeah, yeah, same okay. Thunderbird Jeff. And uh, I think it was like El, it was something called El Nino year at that time. And I shit you not, I caught like 28 yellowtail. Oh, my God. And I think the dude. most I've caught before that is like four or three. Shit. And I couldn't believe it. I was just shocked, you know, like just so shocked. it was like went off. It was it like just it reignited incredible. your fishing. Absolutely. Club. And yeah. then uh, and then something like I think uh, Marklin talked to uh, Jacob Moreno. I don't know if you heard that name. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Moreno when I ran the Spectra, he was a deckhand on uh, Alan Watson's boat called the Dreamer. Okay. And Alan Watson's like, you know, one of the best sea bass guys there is. Okay. So I knew Jacob growing up. So eventually I, I got on the phone with him and talked to him later. And Jacob, yeah, I'm a captain now. You know, I run this boat <laughs> called the Ultra. I was like, no shit. Like you were That's just crazy, like, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I knew that he was with Alan Watson for so many years. So I know this kid's good. And, and Jacob is a bright, smart, just incredible guy mm-hmm. and now he's running a boat damn good for you man yeah and then he, he was so kind to invite me on his boat to go fishing and i was like yeah i'd love to and he put me on a phenomenal bite you know on, on farnsworth which i never got to experience and yeah. it was just incredible and you know what i'm in a better place you know financially um and i was like man I, i'm bit you know i want to go fishing <laughs> It so got then, um, you again. It reeled you back in. It got dude. me, you know, and it just kind of like, I felt serenity, you know, like yeah. the, the sea just, you know, calmed me down and it would just help, you know what I mean? It just helped me feel good again. Because, mm-hmm. You know, I needed to feel good again. And then, um, I told my dad, I was like, dad, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot better financially. Um, I'd love to take you on one of those dream 15, 16 day trips, wow. you know, like wherever you want, like you just name it, you know, let, let me take you on this. And he's like, no, well, I don't want that. I was like, okay, well, well, what do you want? He's like, um, I just want maybe you get a small boat and we go twilight fishing once in a while after I get off work. I was like, well, in that case, you know, that's easy, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went looking for a boat and I found my first Parker. Again, you found it this time. Yeah, huh? <laughs> ask me where I found it. Where did, don't tell me you bought it off the fucking guy. No, I bought it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, shit. some guy was selling on eBay, and uh, it was everything I wanted. So I was like, "Cool!" You know, gave him a call, and he just posted like two hours. So it was just a brand new listing. Yeah, and then he wouldn't let me get off the phone unless I made a deposit. Was and it locally? I, no, it was Florida. Oh, fuck. So like, I don't know this guy. I don't know whatever. <laughs> I know it's a good deal. Yeah, and he was a salesman, you know, and I didn't ask permission from my wife. I didn't. I didn't. Oh man, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask. Yeah, it's in the Bible somewhere. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, I sent this guy a thousand bucks, you know, and I slowly broke it into my wife and yeah. my girlfriend at that time and, and everything was cool. And uh, surprisingly, the whole transaction went out. I mean, everything followed through Perfect. and I was able to get a boat. Did you drive it back here? No, I had it delivered. Okay. But even right before that boat, I mean, a friend let me borrow his boat. It was like this old striper mm-hmm. and it broke down on me six times during El Nino. 
And like, but I didn't care. I mean, it had two engines and one of them was working. So as long as I can get out and my vessel assist could bring me back in. There you go. You got to pay that. Everyone buy a fucking vessel assist, dude. Dude, absolutely. Right. <laughs> so then I got this Parker, you know, and kind of get hooked back into fishing on the same note, you know, like, you know, I can't stop thinking about my son and, uh, we try again mm-hmm. and, um, man, it, it was nerve wrecking, you know, because to us, Oh man, I couldn't imagine just making sure your bed rest oh. stuff like that. It's like, fuck dude. And then, uh, yeah, to us, there wasn't a first, second, or third trimester just because of what we went through. You know, we, mm-hmm. we didn't want to tell people. We, we didn't want to. You know, we just we're walking on ice. Every you just want to be day. done. You just want to out, breathing, Safe. crying, done. And then you know, you deal with things like you never deal before, with, which was you know, my my I mean, my son that I lost. Like, what do you do with this room? What do you do with all this stuff? What do you do with all the clothes? You don't. You don't. Turn and it, your first you know kid, I mean? it's kind yeah, of like, like you don't. This is your son's stuff so it's like you don't hand you won't want to hand it to the next son because it never was absolutely and used i feel like you can't i get what you're saying yeah so it's tough in that sense and again we're very we're so grateful so so appreciative that we have a healthy you know son now his name's caleb mm-hmm. um he's three and a half um so yeah so I'm, I'm fishing nowadays you know i remember how the bluefin thing started for me was someone text me a picture of this Asian guy um, with like, I would say a hundred pound bluefin in a skiff. Wow. And I was like, no way. <laughs> like that is bullshit. Yeah. Because you know, in, in my small knowledge, I know that if you wanted to catch big tuna, you got to go on those big long range boats, Puerto Vallarta, yeah. San Lucas, but you don't get hundred pound tuna in a small boat. Locally. Locally. Yeah. So I kept on digging and then, you know, watch fish reports, you know, get back in the scene, you know, I remember um, every landing was full. Uh, I don't care. I mean, I went down to try to fish in New Luan when they were full and be on standby. Drive two hours down to San Diego. Just wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, nothing. All right. Drive home. You know, Shit. nothing to do. All my gear. I, I fished the pier. Like, nobody, like, I'm not embarrassed by it. Like, <laughs> I needed to get my fix. I mean, it's no, it's worse than drugs, man. You know, like. I had nowhere to go, nothing to do. Yeah, Every the boat tug booked, is like, the drug. That's yeah. what they say, right? I went fishing at the pier, you know, and <laughs> there's nothing I could do. Yeah. So then when I started learning a little bit more about bluefin, then I got my boat rigged up. And I was like, dude, I got to get one. So the same thing of what I learned in fitness, you know, about achieving goals, you know, I want to get a bluefin. So I just focused my efforts on that, you know, try to talk to the right guys, you know, try, keyword try. And nobody would help. Nobody would answer questions. And I get it, you know, yeah. and whatever your ego is, whatever it is. I mean, I was just in Joe Schmo trying to find answers, trying to, and the one thing I never asked people was, Oh, where did you go? Cause mm-hmm. I know that's very like cliche in the fishing industry and nobody would help me, man. And I remember like asking certain operations too. I would pay to go work for you. I'm not asking for money. I I'm asking for a little bit of help, mm-hmm. but I will pay you so I can work for you. And all those got denied. So I was like, okay, fuck, man. Like, nobody wants to fucking help. Like, this industry is just so, like, shut off. You know what I mean? Like, the good guys stay the good guys or, or whatever you want to call it, you know? And mm-hmm. there just wasn't as much sharing. You know what I mean? And, and there was Fish Dope. And Fish Dope I thought was really cool because at least it kind of gave you somewhat of a finger to, to which way and go. And I was still friends with some of those guys. And, you know, they'd help as much as they can. But there's still, I need more help. I want to know more. You know, like, I, I'm all in. You know, like, who, what can I do? Where can I go? Who can I book to learn more? Yeah. And then um, 
after that, it was just really challenging to learn. But then eventually, I learned on my own, or with help, you know. But you know, went research, yeah, Google, and go practice. <laughs> Dude, I flew a kite at Mile Square Park. You know, like I've mentioned that somewhere before, somewhere. And then the guy, I heard guys start mentioning it, like clowning on it, you know. But like, I don't know. I don't know any better. You like, know, oh, and I and I talk about this. I was when I got into it was twenty nine. I say this a million times. I would be f- drinking beers, flipping. In front of my house in the fucking buckets. Yeah. And my kid would be sleeping, taking a nap. You know, it'd be like yeah. on a Saturday. My wife works, so I'm like, all right. I'm just yeah. going to flip into or try to skip on my pool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, dude, you just fucking do whatever you can when you can, right? To I mean, learn. Yeah. I just yeah. want to learn, exactly. you know? And yeah. I would offer to scrub people's boats, whatever it would be, if mm-hmm. I could just, you know, just get a piece of that knowledge. You know what I mean? And then eventually, you know, I got better and I learned, you know, like Barnes Cooper played a, a big role. He was a big Big bluefin fish, or not bluefin, but just a big fish, fisherman overall. Jason, Ali, um, Ali, Ali invited me on his boat. Nice. And dude. I was so grateful. Stoked, I was like, huh? oh my gosh. <laughs> and then when it was uh, Brett Weinberg was on the boat too, and he's a good friend nowadays too. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Ali said, all right, guys, get the kite ready. I was like, oh shit, I don't know anything <laughs> about the kite. Like, just, all right, just, 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 just pretend you know what you're doing, you know? Oh, dude. So but I only could do what I knew to do to keep the boat clean and just, you know, listen and everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, um, just do the best I can. Stay late. Scrub. Do, do whatever you can, you know, uh-huh. to help, you know, be be in addition to whatever they need, you know, just to help them, you know. And lo and behold, we got bit and we got one. You know Fuck. what I mean? And I just was in shock. This big, beautiful creature just on the deck. And, you know, we're only like an hour away from home. And it was just, oh, my gosh. So a lot of, and as much as I share with you my success, I think it's equally important that I share with you my failures mm-hmm. because it's from the failures of where we learn things. And there's so many skunk trips, you know what I mean? But I had yeah. to go to learn, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, that was the progression. And I remember I used to tell people like, you know, I, I have no interest in charters, you know what I mean? I just yeah, I don't. I mean, because my fitness stuff was doing so well. Yeah. Um. So work's doing good, fishing's doing good. And then what I noticed was, you know, I started getting more traction on my fishing, on my social media stuff, you know, more views on YouTube, you know, more questions, more things like things just had a weird shift. And you know what? I was like, well, I really like fishing now, you know, and I'm, I'm better financially. I'm smarter and wiser. And, um, and you have the experience from the spectra. Yeah. Which not a lot of people knew. No. And there wasn't social media back then. So n- nobody really knew my history until like right now. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't know what I'm doing until now. Unless you've been fishing for a while. Correct. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Justin Reynolds, you know, Justin Reynolds, dude, he came out and filmed for free when I had Spectra. Well, you know nice what I mean? Uh, yeah. Randy Spicer. Great guys, you know, dude. Uh, Randy Spicer. I met him through like partying, you know, like when I had that house party, you know, that, that yeah. house when I was 21, that all these people would come over, I had a stack of rods there and, and guys would be, like, Oh, you fish? I was like, well, no shit. All the rods. Are <laughs> and then some guys, but yeah, I know this friend, you know, he fishes a lot too. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Whatever. It was some skater guy named uh, Arlo Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. who's a real like, you know, big guy back in the day. Oh, I yeah, got some I really- remember. I, I owned a skate shop, bro. Okay, so yeah. Arlo Eisenberg, you know, some guy named Roadhouse, which is, you yeah. know. Yes. So I'm like, huh, yeah. that's kind of cool. They're over at my house, partying, chilling, drinking. And then, like, Randy Spicer, you know, he like fishing. I'm like, shit. I'm like, cool. So I got to meet some, like, really cool people. Yeah. They're from way back then. But back then, there wasn't really a social media, so I didn't really have a voice or a platform to share, you know. So then, um, you know, I took a turn, and I just really liked fishing. And I figured out that I had a membership website for my fitness. You know, it allowed other people to... Um, either you want to talk to me one-on-one through email or even Skype. I had those services for, you know, membership, you know, and it really helped people. 
So I was like, well, okay, well, why can't I just apply the same principles, you know, to fishing? Maybe I'll start a membership website, make some tutorial videos and share my fishing stories so that other people can have help because I was so lost and no one was willing to do it. Fish dope is cool. Great. Beautiful. But I couldn't talk to an individual. You know what I mean? There, there's, it's like a group of stuff. And yeah. And you can't get the, you might just not be doing it right. Correct. Too, right? Like if you're going to, to catch something, you're not doing the technique correctly. Yeah. Or, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've duplicated my model of fitness with, with other individuals before. And I still work with them till this day. And mm-hmm. all those models work really well. Um, fishing is not my primary income now. I mean, I still run a different nutrition business and that's kind of my main gig. Do you do just, do you do supplements too? Um, I do, but more on the manufacturing and the international distribution side. Really? So on a different scale. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. So fishing is just. Trend extreme, bro. Dude. Absolutely. I took that. You got, <laughs> you got to, you got to go all in. Man. Oh, I took trend extreme. It was, dude, that was like steroids, bro. Yeah. What? This was before <laughs> I used to take Vasopro. Remember that? Yeah. Oh fuck, dude. I feel tweaked. Out. Because there was banned substances in those products. That's dude, they worked so good, out. dude. I remember just shoulder pressing and be like, fuck, I went up like 10 pounds oh in a month. Oh, my gosh. And then my wife goes, something's wrong with you because I couldn't sleep. I got all jealous. Oh. Fucking lost my mind, dude. But Trend Extreme, it worked. Fucking muscle, uh, max muscle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, I figured, you know what? Well, maybe I could you know, create something that I can pay for my passion. And one thing I've learned in life is I've always let passion take the driver's seat. You know, um, you got to try it, you know. Yeah. I've always, I didn't like the fact sometimes, you know, in my previous days that I had to work around work and I wanted work to work around me. And my goal in life right now is I want to be a soccer dad. I want to be a baseball dad. Like with what has happened with me in my past experience, like I just want to spend more time with my kid. You know, and now we also have a daughter. She's she's three weeks old. I'm so so grateful. Congrats, bro, man! Thank you so much, man. You know, that see, my- and I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna sound like an asshole right now because I'm gonna tell you what I feel like. I love doing that, and I've been a drumline dad for like four years. Mm-hmm. But when no fucking parents help out on the other oh. end, dude, I went I went with my <laughs> I went fishing, and I told my wife, yeah. I'm on vacation this week. Yeah, so yeah, like, I'm yeah. going fishing, so I I told my buddy Paul, hey, I'll pick you up at five. Yeah, I got home at fucking one thirty-two to go to bed. Oh man, driving, you know, uh, for drumline. But it's you. But what makes you not think is like I had that feeling, and then it goes away for a minute, and then you think, man, my kid's fucking two inches taller than me. Yeah, and you remember all these little times with your son. You know, like yeah. I had a big experience with my son. My my t- oldest one fucking had emergency surgery, like where he could have oh. died, man, and. It was the longest hour of my fucking life. They're like, I believe it. They, and they, this is the thing the hospital will not tell you sugarcoat it. They go, there's, there's chances you might, you know, something might be wrong. His blood would be poisoned. We don't know. Yeah. And so, uh, we're not going to fly him to chalk because we need to do it now. Cause hours matter. Minutes matter. And then my heart just fucking dropped. I was like, fuck me. Yeah. And, uh, it was hard, dude. It was a hard. It was probably the hardest thing I've experienced in the last like ten years. Well, my my baby was hard too, but it, I think it's different when you you watch, you know, seeing your you can't do anything. Watching my son in pain uh, was like no other, dude. Like he's bigger than me, and he's just you know holding his mom's hand and yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. I know, but, man. <laughs> you it's, know, it's... Like, and I feel you. Like you know, this is some. 
we're bringing some heavy shit today, guys. You know, and <laughs> but this is this is this is what I like as we talk about regular life, uh, people. You know, and you we're kind of getting into the subject. People don't know what you have to do to provide for your family, uh, like Evan said, and and you know you you provide something a little different that some people don't back. Maybe absolutely. You know, you know? I mean, it's it's never judge a person for what they do, but rather who they are. Uh-huh. You know, one thing I've learned in the past here is that I hate when people ask you, what do you do? Like, what do you do for a living? And that's to me, the reason why is because that's such a shallow question. Because if you told me, if I asked you, hey, what do you do? And you tell me, oh, you're a contractor. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, shit. It has nothing to do with me. So, all right, whatever. Like, dude, that tells you nothing about who you are. So a question I generally, you know, when I meet people, I like to ask certain things like, you know what, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and who would you take? Because from that simple answer, I can determine whether you're married, whether you have a family, whether whether you like to travel alone, that you like solitude. Um, and then if you tell me you like to go to the beaches or like beachy places or different resorts or you just want to stay home, it tells me so much more about who you are mm-hmm. rather than what you do. Because what you do is it's really not that important. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's who you are as a person. So again, I mean, a lot of times people nowadays, obviously, you know, they judge me for what I do, but they don't understand like who I am, you know, and I, from fitness to everything I've done in the past, I enjoy helping people, you know, I enjoy the testimonials. I enjoy, you know, listening to people tell me about, Hey, you know what? We didn't even catch a fish today, but we got to see him. We got to see a bluefin. We saw it jump out of the water. My son saw it. And now, you know, my other son called, you know, his friends and and now all of them want to go. And now they all want to go with me. Great. No, that's the fucking idea is to get you, more people so, into this. Again, I am new to like a lot of this, especially Bluefin. I know you've got some flack for doing it. Yeah. So <clears throat> do, you, do you, I mean, I haven't mentioned it in other podcasts. You got shit uh, for, for, so these are, are like, when you do it, is it like you kind of are fishing? You kind of have some info you found and you kind of tell people, Hey, this is what I've found. This so is where you can try. It started out with me launching a membership website. Okay. Okay. And when that website came out, it was a lot of my tutorials on how to do this, mm-hmm. the gear, what to look for, how to fight a fish. I mean, really detailed, elaborate stuff that you really would like to learn in, in all my styles of fishing, not just bluefin tuna fishing, because generally I've done very well in most fish, you know? Um, I'm not cocky or arrogant, but I definitely feel confident in my skills and, and assets. You feel like you can catch a fish. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then people started to give me shit for doing some of these trade shows because all of a sudden it's like, well, Billy's telling people all these secrets or Billy's allowing more people to enter the space to catch some of these fish. You know, I mean, I've gotten DMs of guys saying, um, keep it to the good old guys. Like, there's no need for you to, like, open your mouth and tell people this and that. I'm like, well, you know, that's not my nature. That's not who I am, you know? I mean, I'm not sharing your information. I'm not, I'm, I have nothing yeah. to do with you. Yeah. So then when I announced I was, I was going to, you know, share my fishing reports, and people think, oh, you just sell numbers. No, I, I sell my, it's a whole package. It's a whole so you're, service. So you're, you're selling your experience of that day, where of my you day, caught it, what I what saw, you caught it on, how you were rigged, how you were throwing the fish out. My rigged, line, yeah. my assessment. Like, you know, I recently wrote an article two weeks ago about these bluefin showing up, you know, because, you know, it was big news. And then I looked back on my three years data of, of all the notes I've collected and all the patterns that I've seen. And I said, you know what? They might pop up here, here, and there. And lo and behold, I go out. Today's Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I went out on Monday and we found them and we got a couple. Cool. Now it's in private boat range. It's, it's not an overnight range, you know? And, 
And yeah, I shared it. You know, I put it up on my website. And obviously, some people don't like it. Cause every time you post something, do you get shit? Like, every time you post something on your website, do you get shit from people? Um, It got to a point last year where I was so busy, like, booking trips and helping new members of the site that I stopped following it and I stopped seeing it because guys would tell me all the time, oh, look, someone screenshotted your stuff, went through this friend, talk shit here, went <laughs> do through they, there. Do they, will people post it on like Instagram or DM you on Instagram? Or yes. You, okay. Absolutely. DMs, um, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, emails, all hidden accounts. <laughs> okay. I think there's maybe like three to five people that have um, discussed their, their displeasure with me. And I kind of share my point of view mm-hmm. that these are my reports, you know, like I don't say, oh, I saw this boat here. They were at X, Y, Z. No, it's it's, yeah. it's my fishing report, man. But I just don't sell numbers. There's a whole like library of videos I always update of different tactics, you know, different line, different gear, um, different styles of fishing. You know, all the stuff that I was missing when I wanted to learn more, mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to put that in a package and help other people do it, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, and then people make fun of my different packages. I have a basic package and I have a platinum package, you know, one that gives you a lot more access. And let me tell you this. Every single person in my platinum package has caught a bluefin that they may have never caught. Yeah. You can't deny the ratios and the statistics. Every single one of them. So you feel like you treat it more as like almost being a guide, but through the internet. Yeah. Okay. So I also do guiding, you know, on other people's boats as well because I figured, I mean, it's just a service, you know? Yeah. You you don't guide on your boat? I do. So I do okay. charter, I, I do charter out my boat. Um, my goal is I'm not trying to book as many trips as I can. I'm certainly not trying to do that. I mean, understand that my main goal is, is to be able to provide enough income for my family. And so be home sp- with them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Soccer dead. That's it, man. Yep. I'm going to be there. You know? <laughs> oh, you will. Yeah. I'm getting real close, you know? So <laughs> you got another I'm, year. <laughs> I'm able to, you know, make extra income, you know, provide for my family. Yeah. And I just want to be with my kids, man. I mean, I'm not trying to be out in the water six, seven days a week. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's guys out there that do that. And man, they're, they're incredible for doing so. And, and they have, you know, amazing skill set. But for me, I'm just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my stance on that. And yeah, I've been getting tons of hate for it, but it is what it is. I'm the only one helping other people out there. And on the same note, everyone hates me, but whatever happened to Fish Dope? Fish Dope gives you reports up and down the coast. I'm merely just... Are they still around? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Fish Dope's still around. Okay. Um, I think it... Believe it or not, I think it's a great service. I think, you know, if you're serious about offshore fishing or, you know, saltwater fishing, that you should still sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different service than mine, but I definitely think it's something that is required, you know? As much as people hate it, mm-hmm. people have screenshotted it and then sent it all around. You know what yeah. I mean? So... You can't compete versus technology. It's the time, right? It's the time. That's like another question is how do you think Instagram has influenced um, fishing? But I can't. I, you already. I feel like you are very progressive with that. And kind of already broke it down a little bit. You know. I think social media is beautiful. Yeah. You know, it has allowed me to meet some of the greatest people. You know, some of the friendliest guys. You know, I get to meet great families. I get to meet. You know, meet some just really good people and sure you know there's a lot of people that post a lot of hate on me mm-hmm. but here's the thing i've got some of my best clients from those hate posts because people start looking and reading oh well who's this guy hating on me? my name's right there and then they click on my <laughs> they click on my profile yeah, and, then they and they're like oh look oh okay this guy catches yeah. a bunch of fish you know um let me just reach out to him oh shit he replied <coughs> oh hey you know he's you know he's telling me everything that nobody else would yeah. so 
you know, and then they book trips, become members, you know, run their boats, run their yachts and whatever, man. The more people you help, the more you get what you want. You know what I mean? So definitely. dude. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, man, just being a dad. You know what I mean? I, I would do anything for my family. Yeah. I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm not doing anything, you know, I feel is bad, but it provides a service. You know, it allows me to spend more time in the water, do fun stuff. You know, I, I got to meet uh, Oliver from Big Bass Dreams. We got to film some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you dude, know what I mean? I seen, that's how I kind of knew who you were from the beginning because I'd watch Oliver's videos. Yeah. Um, and then I saw you at the Pacific Coast uh, sport fishing show when I was with my middle son. That that was the time I didn't want to leave because I wanted to go to take my middle son, but my other one was in the hospital. So I was oh. like, I didn't want to go. But then my wife's like, well, you got to spend time with, you know, make sure that having three kids is like making sure everyone gets a little proper amount of time. So I'm like, all right, we're going. So we go, you know, and I kind of watched that and walked around. It was cool. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, it was was cool. I I stacked, I sat there for maybe about five minutes because my eight year old dude doesn't want to fucking, he wants to go to trout pond and try to rip lips, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So to go back to your social media thing, I think it's a great thing. Uh, I think it's a platform that has allowed me to grow. It is a platform that has allowed me to create different businesses, not only just fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to meet. I think the story of my life is meeting people. Period. Yeah. You know, um, there's one guy in particular I met last year that I followed before we met. His name is. He was on the show. His name is uh, Mike Mike Lane. Yeah, I know Mike. I think his last name is Lane. Yeah, right. So I've been following this guy, and uh, you know, I, I'm probably his biggest fan because you know <laughs> he he fishes with his son. They call him, uh, I think, Honey Badger. Honey Badger, yeah. yeah. Dude, he's a he's a nice guy, dude. Mike's cool. He's yeah. So, so nice. So I'm a big fan of his, right? And then eventually we met at the docks with uh, Chris from Bass Knuckles. And then uh, I asked him for help, you know, to you know do some things. And, and dude, without a question, he helped. I was like, oh, shit, man. He's really nice. He has this, like, kind of a, a tough look sometimes. You know what I mean? But, man, he's he's really nice guy. Oh, yeah, dude. Super nice dude. Yeah. yeah. So then I saw him fishing with his son. I'm like, oh my gosh, man, I, I can't wait until I get to do that with my son, you know? And and I was starstruck when I got to meet his son this year. <laughs> I finally met his son at Fred Hall show. Yeah. And I was starstruck. Yeah. And I was like, dude. oh man, it's him. It's him. So I was like, you know, I grabbed him right away. I was like, hey, Mike, you mind if I borrow him for a few seconds? You know, like I, I knew this company called Accor Offshore, you know, uh-huh. a really good clothing brand. And I was like, hey, whatever you want, just, just get what you want. I'll take care of it. You know, I really like what you're doing. You know, continue the passion, you know? And, and, yeah, man, he, he's a big, you know, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, know? dude. All the and social media allowed me been, to do that. Yeah. You know? You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I wouldn't be able to get the guest that I have on, we have on the podcast. It wasn't for social media, but I know sometimes there's just, there's a lot of negativity too, you know? And that, that's what we've talked about. And I'm no, uh, I've seen it, you know, and I hold my mouth sometimes when I think I see something. And it's just like I'd rather hit up someone and be like, hey, dickhead, you know, just go up to him instead of doing it on social yeah. media, you know. But and, and I, I just like to get everyone's different perspective on what they think. Yeah. I think it's a good. And like I said, again, like you cannot like what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. for you to judge me as a person, you know, just because of what I do, I, I think it's a little unfair. But at this point, you know, with all the hate that I've seen on social media, well, you know, they don't deserve to occupy space in my mind. Mm-hmm. They they don't deserve that. And some of them, you know, I mean, there's guys that have made uh, like websites to mock me, you know, and I was like, cool. You guys like are, they you, do the same thing or they mock you. They they built a website to mock me, you know, to make fun of you. Yeah. No way. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys are thinking about me all the time because I certainly don't. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I get uh, tons of like my friends telling me, oh, hey, this guy said this about you. This guy said this about you. Did you see it? I was like, no, bro. I'm just, I'm doing my own thing and I'm, I'm living the best life I got right now and, and yeah. everything's going great. I don't have time for negativity and, and they don't live here and they don't deserve to be there. Yeah. So it's also how you handle the social media pressure because when you, when you're on social media, you put yourself out there. You will get hate, love, fans, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know I mean, it just comes with the territory and you just have to be a little bit thick skinned, you know what I mean? And uh, just deal with it. And just, I always, I always say, just stay in my lane. I just do what I do. Right. You know, and then I've heard, you know, some guys complain about me sharing numbers and all that stuff and mm-hmm. it's affecting them. Let me tell you something. You know, I, I'm new to this. I, I'm not a pro. I'm not an expert. You know, I, I'm just like a hobby enthusiast that happens to be, you know, successful in my trips. If if you're not catching and, and you think I'm the reason why, then you have to really reassess what you're doing because it's definitely not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I post my numbers and I still fish next to some of my members, um, but I'm still confident that I can still catch, you know, for my customers or my clients. And if you're good enough, then you'll still catch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be confident in yourself first. You know what I mean? And stop pointing fingers. And then, you know, I, I saw stuff early last year where like deckhands started to take pictures, of like my boat driving by them. They'll take a picture and then they'll be, oh, Billy's in my chum line. I'm like, bro, I was just fucking driving by. <laughs> So social media has like this weird, you know, you could play it's, it different it's, ways. I think you know? because it's so new to, it's not new, but like the way people act now with social media is a little different, but this is what I'm trying to do. My thing is to try to get people to hear the real dude. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point of the podcast to me is I get to interview a guy. I get to learn like everything I get to learn all kinds of shit from people too. It's awesome. Yeah. And me cool dudes. But at the same time, I got, I get to talk to you and people get to hear you personally, not just a post. Yeah. Because I don't think a post translates to the person. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So um, let's talk about your, your personal best uh, bluefin. Personal best. That's not me. It's clients. You know, I think the personal best. Let's talk about a couple of of the clients. Personal. Oh man, dude, there's God, there's so many cool trips. You know what I mean? How about this? I have a question for you that I want to know how far offshore, how close have you got bluefin? Nine miles, nine miles. Really? That trip was nuts. I haven't released these videos, but check this out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I was fishing with my uncle, you know, and it was him. Uh, I think his son at that time, Grayson, was like eight or nine years old. And we're going to go do some paddy fishing, maybe, you know, run into some some tuna at the mm-hmm. 302, which is about 30 miles, give or take, you know. Okay. And we stumbled on bluefin at the nine-mile bank, like eight, eight miles outside the harbor. They're just foaming everywhere wow. by ourselves, okay? <laughs> and we hook one, lost it. Hook two, lost it. Hook three, lost it. Hook four, lost it. Dude, after number five, you know, I'm a really nice guy, or at least like, you know, <laughs> gent most of the time I am. <laughs> And then I told him, hey, you know what? Let me let me reel this one in. Let, let me get put one on the deck, okay? Mm-hmm. We'll put one on the deck. Then after that, you guys do your thing, right? Have at it. So um, I fight this one, fight all the way to, you know, to the gaff. I had one friend with me, no experience as well. <laughs> and he's never gaffed, he's never gaffed a fish, period. How big was this period. fish, too? Uh, about 130. <laughs> he had to gaff that. I wouldn't even know what the fuck to do. <laughs> well, what else are we supposed to do? We got to get on the boat somehow, you know? I mean, I'm, whatever. Yeah. We, we got to find a way. <laughs> And he gaffed, he gaffed it, and it pulled him almost down the rail, 
half his body like touching the water oh, and we grab God, him dude. and he let go of the gaff and then the line breaks oh, and we God. lost that fish too and i lost my <laughs> oh shit i'm like holy fuck man like, i just lost a gaff and a fuck. and that was like fish number six you don't get these many chances yeah you know yeah so I mean, I was pissed. I started cussing, you know, stomping on the ground, throwing a tantrum like a little girl, you know, like because like I Mike Iaconelli, bro. I mean, we we got it, we got it to the boat. We got it within gaffing distance. Yeah. So lo and behold, um, we get lucky and get one more stop. Mm-hmm. It bit everything we threw at it. Okay, oh. there was me, my uncle, my friend. Yeah. We had three triple hookups. I got greedy. I put my reel down, backed off on the drag a little bit, grabbed another rod. You know, cast all that popper and hooked up. We had four going, four going, three rods. And mm-hmm. that rod that was just sitting there, we're just looking at it, and the reel wouldn't stop. And we're like, well, I mean, there's nothing we could do. It breaks off. Yeah, breaks off. We, we got three going. Yeah. And my buddy loses his, of course. You know what I mean? So I tell him, <laughs> start cranking on that one. So long story short, we landed one. And then the other two start, you know, they get tangled with each other. You know, I'm jumping on the bow, jumping fuck. on the swim step, you know. Yeah. And then it gets tangled. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're going to lose all this. But we landed all of them. Oh, It was like nice. 160, 140 something, and like 80 fuck, something. Fuck, dude. And we went Amazing. I went home and we got back to the dock like 11 a.m. Those are the nice days, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> and, and I find that, you know, guys with the least expectations, you know, guys just want to go out and have fun. Hey, we catch, we catch, we get it. It's, it's a big game thing, you know, because of some of these big fish, I mean, you're only going for one bite. Yep. Period. It's yeah. like um, I feel like we're talking with Oliver. It's like big bass fishing, where on those big swim bait, it's one bite. Yep. You know, you're fishing for that one bite all day, and the guys that are just understanding about, it, hey, we catch, we catch, we don't, we don't. Like they always catch. And I had one guy in particular. Um, you know, he was very. Uh, how should I say? Very. He always expected for me to catch, and sometimes like it makes me feel like pressured. You know what I mean? Like oh, oh don't I worry, dude, dude, we're gonna get a few. Yeah, yeah. On the same note, he was four for four on my trips. Shit. So could I blame him? I mean, you gave that to him. You gave yeah. him that feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was a good trip. Um, gosh, one day with uh, Chris, Chris Bona, mm-hmm. um, I hooked up and, you know, got him into the zone. He hooked up and then he went back out the next day. And that was the day Mike got one, too. Yeah. And that's when I met him all the dock. I got another one that day, too. And that day, I think mine taped out like 319. And thank uh. God Mike was there. Because no one could like lift this fish, you know. Oh, what I mean? and Mike just came and like he manhandled it. Oh him. my gosh! Thank God, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of cool stories on these big bluefin, you know. Yeah. Um, every year's been different. Um, just like I feel like entrepreneurship, you have to learn to adapt. As fishermen, we learn to adapt, mm-hmm. and uh, the faster we adapt and learn patterns and and see different things, different techniques, and we find what what's helpful and what's useful, and and to be able to target these fish, yeah. you know. Because I feel like all these fish are like a fish of a lifetime, you know, every, each and every single one. Man. I'm, I'm grateful for every single one of them, man. You know, it's, it's, it's such an amazing experience. I think last year alone, we did 40 over 200. Fuck, dude. That's crazy. And then there's one guy in particular. Um, he's my second captain. His name's Chuck Newberry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just a, a normal guy. I think he moved over here from, uh, from the East Coast. And he kept on messaging me on Facebook. Like a lot of people, I like, got thousands of messages on facebook okay and then how i planned my trips before was that okay well i'll just go today let me go check my mailbox let's see who's in there first three you want to go you want to go you want to go yeah 150 bucks whatever you know it's chipping for gas and he was always like bugging me and mm-hmm. then even all right cool 
So he went and he was just so eager to learn, didn't care about anything, just wanted to learn and helped out around the boat. And it was just, you know, a good hand. And then he ended up getting his captain's license. And then obviously, I mean, nowadays I have mine. Yeah. And um, actually, I never told anybody this, but uh, I just ordered my second boat or we did. Oh, no you know, way, Like dude. to get him in this business and to be able to do some of this stuff with me because I'm almost fully booked already. And Grant, the season hasn't even started. Wow. Um, so we ended up getting a How many trips do you have this year planned? <sighs> Well, it's tough because some guys have me on retainer okay. on some of these big boats. Um, so I don't plan to run more than like 50 or 60, okay. you know, but it's just a lot of times I don't I have a hard time saying no. So, yeah, I'm pretty much maxed out. Shit. And then with uh, with him, he's able to run my my trips that I can't book anymore. You know, and again, the season hasn't even started and I haven't been able to advertise. Wow. But then that just tells you like the power of social marketing. Yep. You know, social media and just doing different things to get people excited, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm new to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have the experience as some of these other guys. I don't consider myself a pro. I don't consider myself an expert. You know, I'm just an enthusiast. Yeah. Just like me, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, you know, there's one thing I read recently, and I'll repeat it, which is um, if life was giving out paychecks, I think I'd be overpaid. Yeah. You know. I could still take a couple more. um what's your local tackle shop you like to go to local you know island tackle um island tackle has been really good to me sam over there um i think that's in carson okay Uh, not too far from here Uh um pacific edge tackle uh with mark wish Mm -hmm. um he does amazing bait tanks okay i mean that that is a core of your boat you know what i mean so mark wish has been a really big help Mm -hmm. um Long fin, long fin's been really good. I mean, you know, like Evan said, you know, you got to support some of those local shops. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, because exactly. it's really tough to make money in the sport fishing industry. And again, that, that's not something I want to do full time. You know, I, I still got other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So um, it's nice to be able to support the guys that you know do this. Yeah, that's why I kind of I need to remember because sometimes I'll forget to hey, what tackle shop? And I have you on. I want to make sure people hear what tackle shop you go to. So they can rig up correctly, you know, it's always yeah. nice. Yeah, and then there's still, you know, like really good tackle shops like Melton's Angler Center. Yeah. Um, man, there's just, they're all good guys. I, I haven't ran into someone that, that that is not a good guy, you know? Yeah, or, everyone, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think all of us here are, are here to improve the quality of our lives, whether it's through fishing, personal, professional, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think most of us relatively have the same goals. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and then... Uh, do you have any sponsors that you you have like uh, clothing or real, I do um, real rod anything you want to mention a few of them um, Shimano Shimano has been a, a big help for me <clears throat> Simrad Electronics mm-hmm. um, I truly believe you know they they ha- they're on top of their game right now mm-hmm. and uh, their products are just you know phenomenal um, a core offshore you know this clothing brand that's been a big support is that client. a is it Ralph is Ralph yeah, that's the point when you message me, hey, check this out. I follow him on Facebook. I, I, I follow dudes I don't even know. Like, I'll just be like, oh, cool, fishing guy, you know, and they don't even know who the fuck I so am. So, Ralph, uh, let's, yeah. I want to mention real quick, Ralph Ralph came to one of my speaking events, uh-huh. you know, and he ended up giving me this big clothing packaging, and I, I didn't ask for it, you know, uh-huh. and he was always there to offer help. He's like, you need help editing your videos, you need help filming, like, yeah. what, what, what do you need to do? I'm there. I was like, damn, this guy's like really sticking out his, you know... So, so I sent a few messages and he went up filming some stuff together, you know, and then, uh, he wanted to work on a marketing thing with me. So, you know, put together a package for him and it's been doing really well. And then he's like, man, well, I want to catch a big tuna, you know, he ended up buying a Parker, 
Oh, wow. And then he ended up getting his first big tuna, and then second, third, fourth. Shit. I think he got like five last year, four or five. Fuck. For someone who's brand new. Yeah. And again, like that's what my website provides. Like, it teaches guys how to do this, you know, how to do it in your own private boat. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's always tell guys this one thing. What's the one thing money can't buy? Time. <laughs> Dude, time, time. on the water. <laughs> Absolutely. So I understand time is valuable to people. Yes. And so to be able to give people shortcuts and to educate them and to share with them, you know, different things. Um, Parker, Parker is one of my big sponsors as well. Great. Uh, to be able to get different guys into these affordable boats that are just do extremely well in our, in our offshore waters. Mm-hmm. Um, West coast trailers. Um, they, their service is always on point because you got to, you know, be able to tow your boat around and not have any issues exactly. and stuff like that. You yes. know, so, yeah, those are my, my really good sponsors, you know, and, and uh, every single person that I've worked with, you know, they've all said positive things. All numbers have grown. All sales have grown. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't deny those metrics. You know? Yeah. Um, where can they reach you on social media and the website? So my website is BillyKFishing.com. Okay. Uh, my email is Billy at BillyKFishing.com. Uh, Facebook is Billy Kellerman. Okay. Uh, Instagram is Billy Kellerman. YouTube is Billy Kellerman. Uh, pretty easy, you know. Um, you grab that quick. <laughs> yeah. And generally, you know, I respond to everyone as best yeah. as I can. But once it's like kind of fishing season, then it, it's really tough to respond to everyone because I'm, I'm gone for 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah. You know, go home, rest, next morning, go fuel up at Costco or, you know, yeah. do the whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then now I got two kids, you know. So um, I get a little busy. Um, but again, I think there's enough space in this business or, uh, industry that we're in that everyone can make a little something, you know, nice, and, um, you know, continue to do well. Great. Well, Hey, thanks for being on the podcast. This was a oh, real uh, good one, dude. I, I, I hope it was. Up, yeah, man, I, I, I even, no, I, I opened up a little, man. It was, it was a fun I, one. I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, <laughs> and, uh, I know it wasn't so much fishing, but a little more personal, but, uh, I, I hope some of the viewers can at least understand where I come from. Yeah. Great. And, uh, at the end of the day, I, I just want to be a family man and continue to provide and continue continue to provide good content, you know, yeah. for people to watch, get people excited, get more new people into the industry, you know, in order for us to thrive. I think that's one of the key elements that we have to to provide. Thanks again, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, I'll see you next time. time.